1: Live. Got it I think about Jesus and all the things He's done for me. My. All It's
0: Amen. God bless you, children of God. We greet each of you once again in the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ, who was and is and is to come. We thank God for another beautiful day that the Lord has made. We are rejoicing and we are in it. We pray the Lord is blessing you very well wherever this broadcast is finding you. And if you are under the sound of my voice, I want to remind you that you are blessed. You are blessed. You say, Apostle, how are you going to just say that? Well, you, you can hear me, can't you? God has given you the ability to hear one more time. Or you can see me if you're watching this through YouTube. Then God has given you the ability to see one more time. You ate some breakfast today. God has put some more food on your table one more time. A lot of us, you see, being blessed and realizing that you're blessed, two different things. Two totally different things. Not only do we want to be blessed, but we want a revelation from God. We want God to reveal to us that we are blessed. See, having something and having the revelation that you have something are two different things. Knowing something and, and acting on what you know are two different things. So, so you know, we we want to realize we want God to show us how, open our eyes, Father, so we can see just how blessed we are. For those of you that have been worshiping with us, you know we are working on our most recent topic entitled, Unless God Intervenes. Well, there's there's a, unless God intervenes, you're not even going to realize how blessed you are. Unless God intervenes, open your eyes and show you what's going on, you're not even going to realize how fortunate you are. You out there, especially you in America, out there complaining, out there murmuring, got so many problems. You you don't even know how blessed you are just to be in this country. How blessed you are just to be here in this great, great country with all kinds of things available, government uh, assistance. You know, our government is not perfect, but guess what? Neither are you. Neither, neither am I. Our government are not perfect elected officials, and we are not perfect citizens. How about that one? How about trying to? You want a better country? Don't don't look so much at for for uh some president or some congressman or some some leader to make it a better country. You make you start making it a better country. You just as much a citizen as Donald Trump, as Barack Obama, as anybody as anybody else. You just as much a citizen. You're talking about what they're not doing in office. What are you doing in your community? All right. So we're blessed, children of God. Pray, pray for your leaders. Pray for those in authority that God would uh, touch their hearts and direct their business affairs and direct them. And and, and then, you know, yeah, pray for yourself that God will, will touch your heart, touch our heart, that we will be better citizens to make this country great again. We looked at Capital A in our outline on our side Psalms. One twenty-four and two, Second Chronicles 14, 7. Capital B, some things remain impossible. All this is un- unless God intervenes. Matthew 19, 26, Acts 2, and 24. Capital C, your case will end in death. If God don't intervene, in- then death is going to be your portion. The first death and then the second death. John 11, and 4, Hebrews 9, 27. And then brings us on down to capital D today. We're still talking about unless God intervenes, then capital D, all is meaningless. All is meaningless. Look at, look at the book of Isaiah, chapter 1, with special focus on verse 13. Isaiah, chapter 1, verse 13. From the New International Version, we're going to see what God has in store for us today. From the New International Version, the scripture reads, God says, stop bringing meaningless offerings. Your incense is detestable to me. New moons, Sabbaths, convocations. God said, I cannot bear your worthless assemblies. Once again, God told the people, Isaiah 1 and 13, stop bringing meaningless offerings to me. Your incense is detestable to me. New moons, Sabbaths, convocations. I can't bear your worthless assemblies. Capital D in our outline. All is meaningless. All is meaningless. Again, unless God... Intervenes. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, we thank you today. Another beautiful day. Thank you, Father, for strength, for life, for health. Thank you, Father, for the ability to walk, to talk, to see, to smell. We offer a special prayer today, Father, for Sister Tiara, Father, that uh, as she spends her time recovering uh, in the hospital from for the burns, Father, we pray that, that you who created and formed these physical bodies will work a miracle in her midst in the name of Jesus, work a miracle in the midst of the whole foster family, Father, that they may know for assuredly that you are God and beside you there is none other. Father, you've told us in your word that by your stripes we are healed. We thank you, Father, for accepting and going through the beating. That we should have got for our sins. We thank you, Father, for providing a healing for us in our spirit, in our soul, and in our body by your stripes. We're trusting, Father, that you are going to do something in the midst of the foster family that is going to surprise and confound all of the doctors, all of the nurses, all of the hospital staff, Father. Let your power and your might be on display in our midst, Father, that we Uh, will forever give your name glory, honor, and praise. Father, I pray for every soul under the sound of my voice that you will use this earthly vessel to give a word from you that will open blind eyes today in the name of Jesus, that will unstop some deaf ears, may some paralyzed and crippled, whether it be physically crippled and paralyzed or spiritually crippled and paralyzed, may they walk and move today in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, as you do these things for us, We're going to be very careful to give your name, which is above all other names, all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. These and all other blessings we ask and count done in the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ. Let God's people say amen. Amen and amen. Capital D in our outline. All is meaningless. All this means unless God intervenes. Now, let's let's keep everything in context here. Unless God intervenes, you say, "Boss, what are you trying to get us to understand?" Unless God intervenes in your life, you are just living a meaningless, worthless life. You may raise a bunch of money, you may gain some popularity, you may do some things they bring, but without God, it, this life has been wasted. Because at the end of the day, you're gonna bust hell wide open. And have to spend eternity there. You say, Apostle Hines, how, God asked the question. What profit a man? God asked a question. Not that God don't know the answer. God never asked a question he don't know the answer to. God be asking questions because he be trying to stimulate our thinking. And he be trying to get the right answer out of us. Just like as a school teacher. For many years, I was a school teacher. A lot of time, I might ask the class, what's the definition of health? Well, something wrong with me if, as the teacher, I don't know the definition of health. I'm not asking the question because I'm trying to find out the definition of health. I'm the teacher. That's what I got my degree in. I know the definition of health, physical, mental, and social well-being. But the question is, students, do you know the definition of health? You say, Apostle, what you're talking The question is, humanity. Do you know the answer to the question of what profit a man if he gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? see some of y'all out there you don't. That's why you keep running after things, you keep running after people, places and things instead of running after God. Because you don't you ain't you don't know that you don't know you don't know the answer to that question. You don't realize that uh, you profit nothing if you gain the whole world and forfeit your soul. What difference do it make if you make all the money there is to be made and end up in hell? What difference does it make if you get all the houses there is to be lived in and end up in hell? What difference does it make if you get all the power, the political power, and, and, and all that, if you end up in hell? I said, what profit a man? What what profit a man? What what is the profit? What what do you get? At? What what good is there in that? What have you really gained? You do all this and end up in hell. Book of Isaiah. Name Isaiah from the Hebrew means Yahweh is salvation. Isaiah was a prophet somewhere around the 8th century BC prophesied during the reign of Uzziah. Jotham, Azrael, Hezekiah, his wife was called the prophetess. He prophesied during the invasion of Israel by the Assyrians you know God when the Israelites would not do like they were supposed to do God would allow Assyrians Babylonians Medo-Persians he let some group go in there and take them captive carry them off he was a contemporary of Jeremiah and God comes off the comes out of the gate in verse 1 With a prophecy regarding a rebellious nation. Now, now here's the thing, children of God, because the Lord immediately flashed in my spirit. You can almost take this prophecy that God gave to Isaiah concerning the rebellious nation of of Israel at this time. And you can almost substitute the United States for Israel because we are a modern day rebellious nation. Just as the Israelites were, you know, what about nine, about ten thousand years ago, you know, or however long, eighth uh, century B.C., maybe, uh, maybe almost three thousand years ago, we are a rebellious nation today. Now, there were a number of problems going on in the nation at the time but the people were still bringing sacrifices they were still offering up plenty of bulls plenty of goats plenty of sheep they were still offering sacrifices i mean you know as as sinful as they were as wicked as they were they were still bringing these sacrifices to the lord now uh you say apostle isn't that a good thing well Understand that always with our sacrifice, there is a, there's a change in behavior that God wants to see. In other words, God don't just want you tithing. God don't just want you giving an offering. God don't just want you sowing abundantly into the church. Because the Bible don't tell us to love the Lord thy God with all of our money. It don't, it don't, it don't say, love the Lord thy God with all of your heart with all of your soul, with all of your strength, and with all of your mind. So, you know, we may be, we may be offering money pretty good, or we may be uh, preaching pretty good, or we may be teaching pretty good, or we may be working with the children pretty good, but God wants the whole of you. He wants the whole of me. Not just our offerings, not just our tithes, not just our talents or our gifts, God wants the whole of us. Well, in Isaiah's day, the people were—they were, were still—they were still offering, as sinful as and rebellious and hard-headed as they were. They were still bringing their offerings, but the Lord had to speak. We go back to verse 11. God said, "Look, the multitude of your sacrifices, what are they to me?" says the Lord. In other words. What's all all this sacrifice if you're not going to change your behavior? You say, Apostle, what are you trying to get us to understand? We thank God for your offerings. We thank God for your contributions. We thank God for your tithes, your gifts. We thank God for all that. But understand that God wants a change in behavior first. God wants to see you and I repent first. We thank God for your talents. We thank God for your gifts. We thank God for all of the stuff that you bring to the body of Christ that you bring to the ministry, that but God said, "Look, first thing I want is repentance. I want you godly sorry and to change them that that sinful behavior." God said, "A multitude." well, God said, "A bunch of sacrifices." What is that to me? God said, "Wait, wait a minute. First of all, you do understand that before you ever sacrificed the cow, it was mine." God said, "You do understand that before you ever before you ever sacrificed the lamb, it was it was mine." Before you say, Apostle, what, bring that on up to the day. For some of you all that's contributing and, and sowing into the work of God and tithing and, and doing all kinds of things, we praise God for you. But you do understand that before you even before you even cut that, sent that donation in, or before you even sent that tithe in, the money belonged to God in the first place. It's God's in the first place. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and those who live in it. So God said, look, understand that what I want first, before the sacrifice, because God had to let Samuel know, uh, uh, let uh, uh, the prophet Samuel share with King Saul that obedience is better than sacrifice. Not that sacrifice is not good, but there's something that, that needs to come before your sacrifice. You out there sowing a lot or, or giving a lot of offering or giving a lot of, or uh, uh, giving a lot of sacrifices like the people in Isaiah's day, but without obedience first. Obedience is the first order of business. What obedience will do is cause God to accept you and your sacrifice. Without obedience, God won't accept you or your sacrifice. Look at what God said now. Now, I know the priests and, and different ones, man, I know they had to be, you know, from a fleshly perspective, living it up, all these bulls and all these goats and all this all this that was coming in. You know, and I have to, I have to, I have to. I'm, I'm, I'm letting the Lord check me in my spirit right now. God said, Robert, would you rather have uh, 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 millions of dollars coming into this ministry without millions of souls being saved or millions of souls being changed, or would you rather have millions of souls being saved and millions of souls being changed and just a few dollars coming into the ministry? I'm like, Lord, give me the souls, give me the souls. You've said in your word that he that went when if a soul is wise. Give me the souls, Lord. I'm trusting that, that that you're going to supply my needs according to your riches in Christ Jesus. Give me the souls. Give me the souls. You say, Apostle, what you're trying to get us to understand. Always keep in mind, children of God, if you out there taking notes, going to get this down, souls is more important than money. Now, that that word right there needs to sink into a lot of of hearts and minds of many men and women. Of God in these last and evil days, but souls are more important than money. You take the average church. I mean, I've been in churches all over the world. Of God. I've been in churches all in China, been in churches all in Europe, been in churches all in Africa, South Africa, been in churches all in uh, churches all all kinds of places. You go in the average church, and, and, and even right here in the Christian Center, and we might have to check ourselves on this on this one right here. But you go in the average church. Around the world, somebody come in and say, you know, uh, we're gonna donate ten million dollars to this ministry, and see what the response is uh, versus it, if maybe you go in that same church and just one little soul gets saved. Now, most of y'all like the sound of my voice. Y'all been in you and been in different churches just like I have. Which church? Which which one of those two actions do you think will get the most praise out of the average church? One little soul that come in and give their life to Christ, or somebody come in that might not even be saved and say, look, we're going to donate $10 million to this ministry. See, that just lets you know how far, how much work we still have to do on ourselves. I'm, tell- I'm talking about here at the Christian Center. I, I, we'd might have, we have to check ourselves. Now, we know that souls is more important than money. We know that. But a character come in here and cut a check right now, as many things as I know need to be done to the Christian Center. As many ch- churches that need to be built, that's that's a that's connected with the Christian Center around the world, can't come in here and drop a uh, uh, ten million dollars, man. <clears throat> I can't promise you, D. I don't know. I don't know what what, what apostle might do, but I in the in my heart I know that souls is more important than money. And see, that's why God. And see, because God know that God be like Robert. That's why I will. I will spend all kinds of money to see to it that a soul is one. God said, what's money to me? God said, what's important to me is souls. God said, it's not my will that any should perish, that any what? Any soul. God said, what I care about money? It's going to all be burned up anyway. I said, what I care about money? God care about you. You there under the sound of my voice. You need to understand. God care about you. God would rather have you than your money. You say, apostle, that mean I need to quit sewing into the ministry. No, my brother don't, don't ain't said all that right there. What we're saying is God wants you first. God wants you, sir. So you, you are the sacrifice that God wants first. But then once he gets you, then come on. Money or your time or your talent. See, once God gets you, then everything associated with you come it, it, it come, come with the package. But if God has not got you, then what you're trying to give to him is is not pleasing him because you're not giving him what he really wants. He wants you. He wants you, God said, give it to him, Robert, to, to present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. For this is your spiritual act of worship. God come back and say, look, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. But you be transformed by the renewing of your mind. God says, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You first. Your obedience, your heart. God wants your love first. Your love first. Then, oh, man, everything else, you know, everything else will be just everything, you know. Then whatever God tell you whatever God tell you to give, you'll be willing to give. see until God gets you until God gets your heart, when it comes time to offering it come time to give you're going be sitting somewhere calculating. Let me see now uh let me see if I'm if I put this much. here uh, let me see what's 10 percent uh I made five thousand dollars this month, 10 percent 500. Um, see, so you're going to be doing all that kind of crazy. When God gets you, just like a man that, that love a woman. man that really loves a woman, he ain't sitting nowhere calculating how much he give to her. Parents that love their children, they ain't sitting nowhere calculating how much how much he, let me see. I spent $2 on them drawers. I spent uh, $18 on them tennis shoes. Cause I got them on sale. Wait a minute. They was at Walmart, and they was marked down three. No, nah, no. Nah. When you love somebody, you ain't sitting back calculating. You give freely, and you give, you give bountifully, and you give plenteously. When you love somebody, you don't love somebody, man. You be keep, well, You be keeping a tight record, boy. You want to know. You want to know. You know, I and my spirit is going to. You know, when I when I first come into the to the work of God, I was I was taught mistakenly, as it was uh, about giving a tithe on 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 my earnings. And you know, I was young in the faith then. I hadn't you know studied. That was what my bishops and my you know, my spiritual leaders and them was was telling me to do, so I was like, did it. You know, just did it, it was just wholeheartedly. And you know, I didn't even I didn't even know at that time that you know what you give as a, a tithe to the church, it could be a, a you know a tax write off, and you could get back a large portion of that at the end of the year. I didn't know, I didn't care. Only thing I knew was I love Jesus, and the, my leaders were saying give a tithe, so I could give a tithe. If I don't get nothing back, you know, then I found out that you know all of that, that you keep a record of that, and you get, you get back from the government on, on, on different things. Now, some of you are all out there tripping, you hear me say mistakenly, yeah, because it wasn't a, a New Testament command to tithe on money. That was never a New Testament command. It was an Old Testament command, and it wasn't even on money. It was on food items. Go back and read your Bible well. Read what it says, not what you wanted to say or what somebody told you to say. Read what it says. Tithes that were brought in the storehouse. Ah, Malachi said, bring ye all the tithes in the storehouse. Why? That there may be meat in my house, saith the Lord. Translated in the New International Version, food. Why? Because they were food items. Food items. A tenth of what your flocks, your herds, your fields produce. Never a tenth of money. Now, men men have twisted it up real good to, 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 to say money. Why? Because they want that money. Come on now. They want that money. Not because the Bible said it nowhere. I don't know how many pastors and bishop friends of mine around the world I've asked. Can you give me just one scripture which say we're supposed to give a tithe on our money? Just one. That's that's all. Oh, I, if I haven't gotten some explaining, I said, look, I didn't ask for an explaining. I don't need you to explain. Just give me one scripture, and I have yet to get one. Probably about thirty, forty pastors, friends, and bishops. Because right, I know you ain't. Gonna, you're not going. I'm not going to get no scripture. I'm going to get explaining. Because there is no scripture that says that. Now, some of you all out there, Apostle, are you saying we shouldn't tithe? No, I ain't saying that. I'm saying that you should give, you should set aside on the first day of every week a sum of money in keeping with your income. On the first day, a sum, a sum. What sum, Apostle? That's between you and God, man. I can't get in your business like that. That ain't my job to get in your business like that. It is my job to tell you that you need to set aside a sum on the first day of the week. Now, but that's what the word say. I'm telling you what the word say. On the first day of every week, you need to set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income. How's your income, bro? Your income big, you need to have a big sum. Your income little, man, then you need to have a little sum. Set aside a sum of money in keeping with his income. Saving it up, Paul said, so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. Paul said, look, now I don't want to come in here and be having to deal with no whole lot of money with y'all. I don't even like that. I'd be in churches, different things around the world. People be like apostles, raise some money. I'd be like, all right. Y'all, uh, ask God how much money you need to bring and bring it up here. People be like, "What was that?" I, y'all said raise money. That's the all thing I know. Tell people that's that's between them and God. I can't spend up the whole bunch of time t- twisting people arm and telling all kind of lies and getting all no, nah, just to try to collect no money. No, nah. how much God tell you to give? I want everybody to pray right now in your spirit that, that you know the Lord. Lord is in you. Ask Him in your spirit right now how much money you need to give in His offering. One, two, ready, go. All right, now bring it on up and put it in his basket, and let's get back to the Word of God. Paul said, saving it up so that when I come, First Corinthians chapter sixteen, verse one, no collections will have to be made. Paul said, I don't even want to come and be making no collection. I don't even, Paul, said, I don't even like that kind of stuff. I want to come and tell you about Jesus. I want to come and and, and preach the gospel. I want to come and tell you about preach with, uh, the, tell you about the life changing power of Jesus. I want to talk about the word. Paul said, I want to come be talking about the whole lot of money. Get that stuff straight before you even, before I even get there. Man, I don't been in churches around the world, man. Where offering have taken to, to uh, taking offering has taken longer than the sermon. Take the taking offering has taken l- more time than the sermon. I'm like, what is this now? I'm like, well, come on now, what, is this, what, kind of, what kind of foolishness is this now? Money, love of that that little thing right there, get a whole lot of folks into hell. The
1: love of it.
0: Not that, not having it. Not having it. You know. Not wanting some of it. The Bible said the love of money. Don't love it. Because when you love it, you know, you do anything for it. We're supposed to love God, use money. Not love money and use God. Mm-mm. I hope I remember that one. Lord, place that in my spirit. Love God and we use money. Yeah, I know. We got to pay an electric bill here at the Christian Center. Some of y'all are saying, Pastor, why don't you just pray? And God, we got to pay. We got electric bill. You see these lights on. We got to pay internet. You all watching us on YouTube and listening through talk show. We got to pay. We got to pay. So we use money. We love God, but we use money. If you don't love God and, and use money, what happens? You'll love. If you love money, you'll be trying to use God and be trying to use people. We pray that that's not anyone's portion under the sound of my voice in the name. Of Jesus Christ, Jesus, the Lord said, Look, these multitude of sacrifice. What are they to me? God said, Look, this is not impressing me. Because God said, You haven't given me the, the 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 main sacrifice. You haven't given which is your heart, which is you. You need to understand what God really wants from you and me. First and foremost is us. When God when Christ comes back, he's not coming back saving your money. When Christ comes back, he's not coming back saving your 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 uh, uh when christ come back he gonna he wants you he's not coming back saving your church building he's not coming back saving your denomination when christ come back he coming back for you or he's not gonna get you it's one or the other he's coming back for you or he's not so you want to make sure that you give him you first god said look i have more than enough burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fat animals. God said I got more than enough. I got I got the guy, I got more than enough. You know, uh and what God is flashing in my spirit now. God was like, look, I don't need no more rams and burnt offerings and stuff now. Not till you get me you first. I think about, you know, my shoes. You know, I think about my shoes in, in regards to this scripture right here. You know, for some reason God just be uh blessing me with shoes. He's been doing that for a long time. One time I had probably about 20 pair of tennis shoes, brand new tennis shoes, all tucked away in different things. I felt like I wasn't going to have to wear, buy any more tennis shoes the rest of my life. But I learned a lesson on that. But shoes, God just be be blessing me with shoes. I mean, expensive, expensive shoes. Be Price be brought all down in different things. I'd be like, man, you know, you say, Apostle, what is this to say? Now, it, it, you know, I got plenty of shoes right today, children of God. You know, I'm, what I try to do is when I get some because I got a certain amount of shoes that I try to stay at. And if I go beyond that, I try to take out some shoes and, and give them away or, or, you know, you know, share them with, with somebody else. But the point is this. If you would to come to me right now. And had. A bunch of shoes for me. That wouldn't be real, real. Impressive to me. Because I got so many shoes. I ain't talking about no, I'm not listening to them, God. I'm not talking about no lightweight shoes. I'm talking about some nice shoes. Got plenty. Got plenty. Got plenty. I got plenty of that now. Maybe if you brought something else or maybe it was, you know, was them. but shoes, I got plenty of that. You say, Pastor, what you got in God said, look, I got more than enough burnt offerings, ram, a fatter, fatted animal. I have no pleasure in the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. Now this does not mean that God didn't want sacrifice. This meant that God wanted the people's hearts to change first. You go and God keep flashing in my spirit now, uh, Cain and Abel. Scripture talks about how the Lord did not look with favor on Cain or his offering. But on Abel and his offering, the Lord did look with favor. Why? Because Abel had given God his heart. God wants our heart. He wants us to love Him. Not to just be offering to put on a show, not to just be offering that we might be seen in man. The scripture talks about how the Pharisees, when they give to the poor, they like to announce it with trumpets and everything. God wants us. He wants us. Not a show. Because, see, if it's a show, you know, when people go on, you don't do that. That's why, you know, I always, I always, you know. Uh,
1: uh, I don't want to go. I don't want to go into that right now. Not, not for right now.
0: Go back to the scripture. God said, I have no pleasure in the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. He says, when you come to appear before me who has asked this of you this trampling of my cause? who who asked you to bring bring all this stuff like this right here without first presenting your body as a living sacrifice do you need to understand not that god was was downplaying the importance of offering cuz he's the one that that asked for offerings he was the one that that required offerings but he also the the the, the first thing that he wanted was a repented hard and a righteous Hard and the right attitude, that was what was missing first. So it's almost like you tell people, you know, as a school teacher, I would tell my students sometimes, sometimes number from one to 10 on your, on your, on your paper. Joke start out with number two. Well, ain't no need to keep right on going three, four, five, six, seven, eight, uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh, stop, ho, 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 wait, wait. Get back to number one. You got to erase all that, son, because you got to start with number one. So that in essence is what God is telling the people here. All this y'all bringing in right here, and you all have not changed. You all have not repented. You have not seen the need to 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 um, to do what I don't tell you to do. God likes, oh, oh, stop, 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 stop. Who has asked this of you? This trampling on my court. Look at look at verse thirteen. It brings right on there. Stop bringing meaningless. Offerings. You say, Pastor, what you talking about? I don't care how much money you give, I don't care how many tithes you pay, how many offerings you give, how many, how many sermons you preach, how many whatever you do, if it's if it's not done with first things being taken care of first, then it's gonna be meaningless. It's gonna be meaningless. Paul talked about how be, he beat his body and he made it his slave. Lest after he preached to others, he himself became a castaway. Paul said, look, I'm working on me. I'm working on me. I'm working on me and this my personal relationship with God. You know, lest I done done all this preaching, done wrote all, wrote all these books under the inspiration and the unction of the Holy Ghost, and then I end up sending hell. Paul said, that ain't, that ain't how I'm trying to do Understand, child of God, I ain't trying to be teaching the word like this right here at uh morning 9 a.m. and 6 p.m. evening and been and doing this stuff for decades and decades and then at the end of the day I end up saying hell. I right, that's not that's not my goal. That's not my goal. So what we've got to understand then, if, if certain things are not our goal, we don't want our offerings. To offerings being meaningless whatever you offer offering up to God whether it's money, whether it's talents, whether it's gifts whether it's skills, whether it's abilities whether, anything offered up to God you don't want it to be meaningless so what we've got to understand is that in order to keep things from being meaningless to God there are prerequisites that must be taken care of for God stop Jesus, God said, look, stop it's meaningless offerings Your incense is detestable to me. Your new moon Sabbaths and convocations. God said, I can't even bear your worthless assemblies. Your new moon feasts, your appointed festivals. I hate with all my being. Watch this. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. God didn't even like the meetings of the people. Wouldn't it be something to find out on judgment day that God didn't even like our church services? Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be a shocker? God didn't even like like our Bible studies. God didn't even like our quarterly meeting. Wouldn't that be something? See? To find out that God hated it. Well, boy, we thought we were doing something for the Lord. Coming together and doing all kinds of things. And come to find out at the end of the day, God hated it. Wouldn't that be a shocker? Well, that's what happened in the early church with their communion. God told, spoke through one of the apostles and said, your, your, your uh, meetings do more harm than good. Why? Because they weren't done in the right heart. Remember, God looks for a certain type of worshiper, those who worship him in spirit and in truth, not who worship him in, in pretense and in lies, in spirit and in truth. If you're not worshiping God in spirit and in truth, I'm telling you, God hates it. God hates it. Don't make no difference how many noise you keep. Make no difference how many cars is in the parking lot. Don't make no difference how dressed up you are. If it's not spirit and in truth, God is not going for it. No matter how many folk fall out on the floor and have to get wrapped up and carried out. If it's not in spirit and in truth, God is shaking his head. Look at this. All of these were were, were sacred meetings. God said, I hate them. I hate them. Why? Because you all's hearts are not right. Even though you're doing it, your heart is not right. They become a burden. God says, I'm weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands in prayer, God says, I hide my eyes from you. Even while you offer many prayers, God says, I'm not listening. Now, here's the problem. Your hands are full of blood. Sound like the U.S., don't it? senseless killing of blacks and all kinds. Hands are full of blood. God said, look, wash and make yourself clean. Take your evil deeds out of my sight. Stop doing wrong. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. Come now. Let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red as Clemson, they shall be like wool. If, watch this now, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. If you are willing and obedient, God said, look, if you get with this, If you get with this now and do this, God said you got to get with it willingly and you got to do this, you will eat the good of the land. But if you resist and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. God said, look, now I'm going to tell you what what you need to do to get stuff right. Now, if you willingly accept that and go on and do that, all well and good. But if you don't, God said, I'm going to get you and I'm going to get you good. So the choice is yours, child of God. You want to be, or uh, the choice is yours out there under the sound of my voice. You can be willing and obedient to the program, the plan of God, or you can try to resist and try to rebel. <laughs> I Man, listen, children of God, I thank God for my time as a as a school teacher before being called into full-time ministry because I got a chance to see just about every kind of little spirit under the sun teaching school, teaching school. They're dealing with thousands and thousands of young people every day, you know, and, and just about every one or many of them trying to figure out a way not to do what the teacher said. Well, What I had to do was I had to be real creative to figure out ways to get you when you didn't do like I said. Well, the same thing with God. God got a humanity with millions and millions and billions and billions of us. Uh, and many of us trying to figure out ways not to do what God said. God said, no problem, because whatever way you don't figure out not to do what I have told you, God said, I don't figure out a way how to get you. Some of you out there, you're being gotten, don't even know, don't even know. That's God getting you because you trying to, God tell you to do something in the the day, you want to do it at night. God tell you to do something every day, you want to do it once a week. God tell you you want to do something wholeheartedly, you only want to do it part heart. God want no
1: problem, no
0: problem. Every way you try to come up with rebelling against me, God say, I have already come up a way, come up with a way of beating your hind part. God says, because I chasten those whom I love. God says, I do, I do love you all. Would you rebel yourselves? Would you rebel your hard-headed selves? God says, I still love you. But rest assured that every way that we try to show you, say, Apostle, what we need to do. Instead of trying to come up with ways to disobey God, try to come up with situations and circumstances where you obey God. Try, try that one on. Instead of trying to figure out ways, because that is not going to work. Figure out ways to disobey God. Take that same energy and effort, ingenuity, and use it to obey God and see how things turn around and see how things work together for your good. God said, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. But if, but, God said, I know some of y'all gonna try to, ain't going to try to get with that. Some of y'all going to try to do a different thing, going to try to go in a di- different direction. God said, that, that's all right, too. Let me tell you what's going to happen. If you resist and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Children of God, may God continue to bless each of you, and heaven continue to smile on you. For those that did not get your offerings and your contributions in yesterday on the first day of the week, feel free to go on and get them in today, and may God continue
1: to bless you, and heaven smile on you.